Uh, tonight, I want to start off with a question. Who is more independent? Raise your hand. Like, okay, when it comes to like, when it comes to like a group project, okay, who is the person like, give me all of it, I can do it, we'll all turn it in, but I do all the work. You're that kind of person. Okay, who is the type of person that like, I'll let you do all the work, just turn it in, and then we'll all get a good grade. You are more dependent, okay? I, me, personally, personally, I'm like, okay, I don't, I'm going to get it done. I don't care who helps me get it done. I'm just going to make sure that it gets done, and then it gets done right. Some of you are like, I will let anyone help me at any time, no matter what, no matter who they are or how they help, they're going to help me, kind of a person. Independent versus dependent, right? So the question that I want to ask tonight is, is God more independent or dependent? Well, you may say, like, he's God, right? He's the only person who doesn't need anyone. He's the only person who can be truly independent. So my question to you is, why are any of us here? Let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. Father, I pray that you will help us um, realize who you are, what you're about, and who we are and what we're about. We love you. It's in your name we pray. Amen. So, Let's pick up in Exodus. God calls Israel out of Egypt in this book called Exodus. Um, And in this story, Moses, um, who is um, the most unlikely of leaders, um, by the way, um, if you consider yourself unlikely, if you consider yourself unqualified, God specifically uses those people to accomplish his mission. So if you think of yourself as nothing, Congratulations, Um, you're in a perfect position for God to use you. Anyway, uh, God calls Moses in uh, chapter 3 of Exodus. Um, By the way, God is speaking as like this crazy burning bush. It's okay to think the Bible is crazy, by the way. Like when you hear these stories like God spoke from a burning bush, it's okay to be like, "What what is that about? Because God's okay with you asking questions about the Word of God. Um, But in Exodus chapter 3, from a burning bush, God tells Moses, So now go, I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. Could God have rescued the Israelites without the help of Moses? Absolutely. He could have done anything that he wanted to, right? He's God. You bet he could have. But instead, God, the only one who's able to do everything on his own terms, in his own timeline, chose to be dependent on Moses. But that was just one time in the Bible, right? Well, let's look a little bit further. There's a book called Judges in the Bible, too. And in this book called Judges, we see the story of a man named Gideon. And Israel is oppressed by the Midianites. So God comes to Gideon. And he says these words, he says, go in strength, in the strength that you have, and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am sending you. Could God have saved the Midianites without Gideon? Could he have stepped down out of heaven and made a way? Of course he could have. He's God, right? So why did he depend on Gideon? This pattern continues through all of Scripture. God depended on Samson to save Israel. God depended on Esther to change the mind of the king. God depended on King David 
to kill the giant and lead his people. God depended on Solomon to build the temple. God depended on Mary to give birth to Jesus. God depended on Joseph not to divorce Mary who was pregnant with Jesus. God depended on Mary Magdalene to tell the disciples about his resurrection. God depended on Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John to record Jesus' life. God depended on Paul to spread the gospel. God depended on James to believe that his half-brother was the Messiah. God depended on all these people. But did God need any of these people to accomplish his mission? No. So why did he use them? Well, I can tell you one thing. It's definitely not because God is incapable. God is capable of anything, right? He didn't choose those people. He didn't depend on those people because he was incapable. He chose those people because people are God's plan A. Let me explain what I mean. So many times we think that God's unrivaled power, that his might, his ability to do anything at any time, his infinite power is his plan A. And God using people is his plan B. I don't agree with that. God will usually answer my prayers with an opportunity to exercise what I'm praying for. Let me put it like this. Be honest. Have you ever prayed for peace and all of a sudden instantly been downloaded peace into your soul and it's lasted forever? If you have, come pray for me because <laughs> I really want that and that's really cool if that's how you pray. But I haven't and I also haven't known anyone who has operated like that. They can just ask for something from God and it's instantly downloaded into them like peace, like joy, like love. No, usually when I pray for peace, I get the opportunity to be peaceful in a crazy circumstance. And let me be honest. When I, when I pray for God to give me something, it's because I usually don't trust the people around me to give me what I'm asking from God. Let me, let me say that again. When we pray for God to give us something, it's usually because we don't want to accept it from the people who are offering it to us. I would rather receive patience from God instantly than have to exercise patience with my 10-month-old because I have to exercise a lot of patience with my 10-month-old. And so every time I pray to God, I say, give me patience. He says, I did. She's in her crib and she needs a diaper change and she needs something to eat. But a lot of times we don't look at that as an answer to prayer. But God likes to answer our prayers using people. We want the easy way, you see. But if God relied on people, then I think so should we. Maybe God is trying to answer your prayers through the people around you, but you don't want to receive from them. And God is saying, I've already answered your prayer. The people around you are the answer to your prayer. The people of Israel were praying for deliverance from Egypt and what they got was a stuttering man named Moses who needed a spokesman to speak for him because he was so bad at it. When Israel prayed for a mighty king, they got a shepherd boy who didn't even own a suit of armor. When God's chosen people prayed for a savior, they got a child born, of, born out of wedlock, born in a barn. God uses the most 
unlikely source to answer your prayers. And here's the most unlikely source to answer your prayers. Other people. Other people. God uses the most unlikely of sources to answer our prayers, and that unlikely source is humans. People are not keeping you from answers to your prayers. People are the answers to your prayers. Here's another little fact about that big guy in the sky with the white beard that we call God. He exclusively uses imperfect people. Exclusively. That means the only people that he's ever used in the history of mankind have been messed up mamajamas. They do not know what they're doing. However, he uses them in such a way that they can't deny that it's God using them. Listen, Moses was imperfect. And Moses was the one who led the people out of Israel. But Moses did not part the Red Sea. And Moses did not bring on the ten plagues. Paul was imperfect. And Paul was the one who spread the word of Jesus. And he wrote letters to the early church, but Paul never healed anyone. And Paul is not responsible for saving people's souls out of damnation. God uses us in such a way that when people look at us, they have to say, that's God. There's no way that they can say they did it on their own. That's what kept Bible characters so humble. And that's what should keep us humble as well. So, let's talk about you for a second. Let's talk about God's plan for you. You see, God's plan for you depends just as much on you as it depends on God. However, God's plan is not dependent on you to get it done. Let me explain. Y'all know Lane McCainless. He's my best friend. Um, we went to college together. We were roommates for a little bit. Um, <clears throat> God laid on his heart his freshman year. Um, this was before we had ever met. Um, he laid on his heart to, to lead a night of worship. And it was going to be interdenominational. So they were going to have people from the Baptist church. They were going to have people from the Assemblies of God church. They were going to have people um, from the non-denominational church that are all in Branson. He wanted to bring them together and unite them in a night of worship to have people with different backgrounds, different beliefs, all in a Christian circle praising the same God. And through the course of college, things came up, life happened, and he didn't end up being able to do this. So before we ever met, the Lord put on my heart that, you, you know, it'd be really cool if we could get a group of people together who are from different backgrounds, from different churches, and we could all worship together. And the Lord laid that on my heart. And so I contacted churches. I contacted our college to host the event. And I, through the help of so many different people, we made it happen. And all these churches got together, and, a, and one church with a very distinct style of worship got up and worshipped. And then another church with a very different but distinct style of worship got up and worshipped. And it was this incredible night where people from different backgrounds all came together and worshipped. And then later I found out that that very same vision that the Lord had put on my heart, the Lord had put that vision on Lane McCainless's heart years ago. So what happened? When things happened with Lane and he wasn't able 
to bring people together and to make it happen in that moment. God took that mission and that vision and that dream from him and placed it on someone else and that someone else just happened to be me. Listen, I I fully believe this. If King David, the one who wrote all the Psalms, if he had not stepped up to the plate and accepted the role that God had placed on him, there would have been a different king to rise up. There would have been someone else who came up and said, I will fulfill the role. I will make it happen. God would have placed that burden on someone else's heart because you see, it is not on us It is on God to accomplish his mission, and he doesn't need you for that. The question that we have to respond to is, will you decide to accomplish God's mission in spite or with the help of yourself? Will God be able to use you for his mission, or will you get in the way and will it have to be postponed and laid on someone else's heart. I pray that all of us in here take up the mantle and that we want to see God's mission and God's vision work through our lives, that it doesn't have to be passed on to someone else. So, now that we know that God's that God chooses to be dependent on us, we have to ask ourselves, who am I dependent on? And how dependent on them am I? Because we have to depend on people. Listen, I, I am not a car guy. I'm sorry. I know like every other man in this church knows how to build a car from the ground up. But that's just not me. Like I have no idea how to do that, okay? If something goes wrong in my car, I am instantly like, take it away. I'll buy another one. I don't care whatever I have to do. <laughs> whatever I have to do to make it work, I will get someone else to do it right? I have to depend on other people to fix my car. This is part of the reason that I love team sports is because you have to rely on other people. If you were trying to play football and you said, no, I I got it. I got it, coach. Just trust me. And there was you. And then it was 11 other guys on the other team. It's not going to work out very well, whether you're on offense or defense. I don't care who you are. If it's 11 people versus one, they could still beat you. The point is, team sports, dependency on other people is a natural form of life. So we, let's get more specific here, okay? Who is my faith dependent on? Let me get real real here. Is there something someone could do that would cause you to turn your back on Jesus? Because I would argue that if there is, your faith isn't in God, it's in them. Let me, let me try to make it practical. If Johanna decided to divorce me, would that shake my faith? Would that force me to leave Jesus and say, I thought I knew what faith was, but if I can't even maintain my own marriage, how can I maintain my own faith? And I walked away from Jesus. I would argue that my faith wasn't in God. My faith was in my marriage. So let me take it a step further. If your youth pastor leaves and you walk away from the faith, was your youth, was your youth pastor your God or was God your God? So many different situations can, can happen in our life. If someone dies, 
And we lose our faith because of that. Was my faith in God or was my faith in that person? Because now that person is no longer here. God is the only one that we can depend on. Isaiah 41 puts it like this, For I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand and says to you, Do not fear. I will help you. Proverbs 3 says it like this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. God is the only one we can depend on. But let me ask you this, can God depend on you? And when I say that God is the only one that you can depend on, listen, there's something so special and there's something so Christ-like about depending on other people. Hear me, I depend on my wife. I really do. Now, who is, who is the one above all else that I depend on more than anyone else in the entire world? It's God. But when I choose to depend on certain people, when I choose to depend on my wife, when I choose to depend on my parents, when I choose to depend on my friends, depend on my family, what I'm saying is I trust God the most, but I'm choosing to trust you. I'm choosing to be Christ-like to you because God chooses to depend on us. And when you honor someone by depending on them, that shows them how much you love them. And that's powerful. And there is so much love that can be shown in dependence. But make sure that you aren't over-depending on someone who isn't God. Because if you over-depend, if you over-commit to someone instead of God, you will find yourself placing your faith in that person instead of on God. And that's where we start to see people walk away from the faith because they were depending on someone or something more than they were depending on God. Can others depend on you? Because to be Christ-like is to be dependable and dependent. I'm going to have the worship team come up. Um, It's weird. It does not feel like our last normal Sunday night. But it is. Um, It is. And I hope that that word stays with you. Don't be dependent on your youth pastor. Don't be dependent even on your parents. Don't be dependent on one another, but also depend on people. What I'm saying is depend on God and then be Christ-like by depending on others but never let your dependence solely rest on people. Let your dependence solely rest on God and let people see that as being dependable because it's so important in this life to be dependable. I love you guys. I love you guys. I hope you all know that. Johanna, loves you guys. She loves you.